Hey, I'm Jess Reed, a wild wellness coach and spirit-led entrepreneur since 2017. This podcast is a place for people who feel stuck, unfulfilled, lonely, ashamed, and exhausted. And I actually want to celebrate that with you. Why? Because these unpleasant feelings are actually really good signs that you're hearing the voice of your intuition. That holy discontent inside of you is not an inner critic voice just to be drowned out, but the inner wisdom that needs to be allowed to lead. We're taught that we're the problem, but the reality is the environment is the problem because we live in an environment and cultural context that teaches us to prioritize productivity over pleasure and to push ourselves like limitless machines. I don't know about you, but I've done the people-pleasing, the approval-seeking, the workaholism, the chasing of the next goal, the delaying just a little longer of my own dreams, making everyone else's dreams come true, using all of my gifts, talents, and time to accomplish someone else's mission instead of my own. I know you have too, and I'm on a mission to change that, to walk out of these cages and these prisons together, because all of this unnatural self-sacrifice for the benefit of these systems is robbing us of our health, our vitality, our joy, and our pleasure. I'm here to help you rewild, to offer a kind of wellness that's not as a thing to strive ahead for, but to come home to. Not to learn or to add or to have, but to unlearn and remove to have again. You are never the problem, you're the solution. Join me as we come home to the wisdom of nature and our intuition to create a life we actually like. Welcome back to the Wild Wellness with Jess podcast. I am so excited that you are here today. Today, we are going to be talking about exactly how nature and intuition help you to create a life you like. So I keep saying here that wild wellness is all about coming home to the wisdom of nature and your intuition to create a life that you actually like. And so I know many of you are probably like, well, that sounds nice, or (laughs) I'm drawn to that, but exactly, you know, what, how, and why does this work? What, what exactly are we talking about here? And so I'd love to spend this episode actually digging into exactly what I mean by that and really uh, kind of defining these terms and giving you examples of how this works and specifically how I help my clients to work together to co-create with these two things of nature and your intuition to actually create a life that you like. So if you've been around me for a little while, you know that I've been on a journey for probably the last 10 years now um, that started in a 50-pound weight loss journey. And when it, because of that 50-pound weight loss journey, the thing that probably transformed my life the most, you would think that it would be, oh, just like, you know, having energy, having confidence, right? Um, and that certainly played such a huge role in my life. But I think the thing that actually impacted me the most about a 50-pound weight loss journey was realizing that I had the ability to change my life, that I actually had the ability to create a life that I like, that I had power, that I had the ability to decide to make a change, and I had the ability to act, and I had the ability to literally change the trajectory of my future. And I was experiencing such a night and day difference in terms of how I felt in my body and how I felt in my life. And of course, in the confidence and the energy and all of those things, but just my day-to-day reality was completely different than it was before that 50-pound weight loss. And 
again, it wasn't just about the physicality of it. It was about my self-trust. It was about my beliefs changing and kind of getting this, this bug, this, this, um, (laughs) what I call a relentless pursuit of being committed to this journey of creating a life that I actually like, because I saw that I could do it. I could actually make a change. And I see this, uh, happen all the time. I saw this happen over the last six years, uh, working mainly as a weight loss coach. And since then I've expanded beyond that and coaching really all sorts of, um, different capacities and categories of life. Um, but the thing that I noticed is that weight loss would always create this domino effect. And it's because of realizing your, your power. And it's because of almost like getting addicted in a, in a really good way to this feeling of like, but how much more could I like my life? If this is good, how much better can it actually get? And I'm just so curious and so passionate. Not that feeling of like, ambition that something is missing inside of you, like you're coming at it from a deficit. No, not that. Coming at it from a place of just finally learning that it's you have permission to pursue pleasure in your life. You have permission to pursue this life actually being about you, that you are the main character of your life and that you're here for you actually to actually enjoy this whole thing. That's kind of the whole point, right? Um, And so of course we love others. We serve others. We love to do those things because we are good and we are loving in our nature. And so of course we'll always do those things. I think we're so, oh my gosh, so deathly afraid of being selfish, but very few of us. I mean, I'm sure there are some narcissists out there who, you know, (laughs) really do exist and leaving them to their own devices, which is really, of course, the result of sad, you know, life experience and conditioning. But I don't think any of us are inherently just narcissists. Like inherently we are good. We care about others. We, um, you know, collectively, um, want to do life together and be interdependent of one another with one another, right? We want to give back. We are reciprocal beings because we're a part of nature, right? But we're so deathly afraid of um, actually being selfish or being called selfish. And so because of that fear, we don't allow ourselves to actually like our lives. Um, we think even a health journey would be too selfish. I'm too worried about, you know, is this going to cause my family to suffer? Is this going to cause my kids to suffer? Whatever it might be, any kind of goal or dream that you have in your heart, we tend to um, justify putting that on the back burner and never pursuing it because it would be selfish. But actually the opposite is true, right? When we um, take care of ourselves, when we get back into alignment with how we are wired, with how we are naturally designed to be, and this includes physically, but also spiritually, also um, you know, metaphysically, like the, the dreams that we have in our heart, we are more than just these physical bodies. We're here for a purpose. We're here for meaning making. We're here for pleasure. Um, we're here for joy. We're here for esteem. We're here for mastery. We're here for transcendence. We're here for all of these things. These are all, you know, fundamental human needs. And when we actually meet our own needs, we become even less selfish because we are able to be the kind of role that we've always dreamed of being, the kind of mother, the kind of partner, the kind of um, you know, business partner, the kind of friend, um, just the kind of legacy lever that we've always wanted to be. We can only do those things when we are actually meeting all of our needs. So yeah, um, it really is about creating a life that you like and getting back to the point here that nature and our intuition are both integral to this process. I believe that we cannot actually truly create a life that we like 
without using both of these two things as resources. So let's get into it a little bit about what exactly are these terms that I'm mentioning? What is nature? What is intuition? And kind of, you know, can we, can we give this, can we give these things a definition? They're both kind of, um, you know, hard to actually put into a concrete definition. I think it depends on who you ask, right? I would encourage you right now before you um, go on to listen to the definitions that I'm going to give to maybe even pause the podcast and, and ask yourself, like, how would I define nature? Or how would I define intuition, right? Because I'm, if, if we were in a, a face-to-face conversation right now, I'd be way more interested about how you define it <laughs> than how I define it. Because um, it says a lot about about us. It says a lot about our conditioning, right? What we've been taught. But it also says a lot about our uh, inherent nature and how we are uniquely wired to use our intuition and how we are uniquely wired to actually appreciate and interact with nature. So without further ado, let's get into the definition of nature. So if you uh, you know, were to type this into Google to find nature, um, here's what I came up with. The phenomena of the physical world collectively, including plants, animals, the landscape, and other features and products of the earth, as opposed to humans or human creations. I thought that that was really interesting because I don't know about you, but I grew up, um, you know, in a typical you know, Judeo-Christian type of worldview. I grew up actually very conservative fundamentalist Christian, and I was taught that humans are not a part of nature, that we are separate from nature, that nature is basically everything that God created to serve humans, (laughs) and that we are meant to kind of have dominion over it, right? Um, I remember literally being a child growing up in Christian school and feeling kind of offended (laughs) when I was taught that humans are mammals. I don't know if anybody else has had that experience. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, but we're so, thinking to myself because of my conditioning, we're so much more than mammals. Like, and yes, we are. But it was almost literally offensive to me that we were like equating humans with being nature itself or um, even part of nature. But I believe, um, you know, despite this definition here, that humans are part of nature. We are mammals. We are part of nature. Um, our physical bodies are part of nature, right? And so we have another definition here, um, the basic or inherent features of something, especially when seen as characteristic of it. So this quote, like helping them to realize the nature of their problems, right? So nature in another definition is kind of like your, um, your like inherent wiring, like what is your nature? What is human nature, right? Um, and it kind of describes the way that people um, just kind of act or function or perform according to the design, right? Um, you are, this is your inherent nature can kind of mean like, this is your personality. Um, this is the way that you were born. This is your natural wiring. Um, whether you want to attribute that to being good or to being broken is a whole nother, um, perspective. But I believe that anything that you are born inherently with, um, is good and is part of your design and is meant to serve you, um, in this life when we lean into it and, and fully understand it. So, um, getting back to this kind of, uh, definition of nature, not as like the nature of how we are wired or whatever, but, um, basically the bigger, the bigger picture that nature is, um, the whole system of existence. This is another definition here. The whole system of existence, arrangement, forces, and events of all physical life 
that are not controlled by man. Ooh, I love this one because basically it is, um, <laughs> it's kind of antithetical to that, to that worldview even, um, that, you know, we are separate, that, that humans are separate from nature and we are meant to have dominion over it. Um, but even being, uh, grown up in that kind of a worldview, of course I was taught that, well, God is even more powerful, right? God is the one actually controlling nature. And so there was kind of that submission to that hierarchy there. Um, but to admit that there are things that are outside of our control is super healthy and so important to remember. And when we actually fully take in nature, not just like, I don't know, we, we, we go for a walk outside, right? We're looking at our phones. We're not actually paying attention to anything. We're not really contemplating how absolutely breathtaking and incredible it is that everything around us is just working, right? Like without any kind of interference on our part, it's just all working seamlessly in this like sacred reciprocity. And it's so beautiful. Like we are a part of nature. We have this, um, this symbiotic relationship with it to even think about our breath, right? How incredible it is that we breathe in oxygen, which is what plants are breathing out. And we breathe out um, carbon dioxide, which is what plants are breathing in. Like that's just one example of the symbiotic relationship in this sacred reciprocity that we have with nature. And yet we have so divorced ourselves from nature and our modern day lifestyles. And I won't even say like we are because we tend to think of like our personal choices, but this um, system that we are now a part of, right? Like let's just say this, the system of capitalism, right? So if you exist, you know, in the, in the United States, you live in the States like me, here we are, we're living in this capitalistic, you know, society. I'm not criticizing it. There are a lot of things that I like about capitalism, but, um, you know, conscious capitalism, I would prefer. Um, however, here we are. And if we don't decide to dissent, if we don't decide to do anything that is kind of a little bit different, then if we go on autopilot and just kind of um, subscribe to the culture at large, we are going to find ourselves so completely divorced from nature. I, I've been there. Like It probably is just in the last couple of years that I have found myself actually trying intentionally to come back into alignment with nature and experience some of this sacred reciprocity. Like I've gone through a huge awakening in the last year, um, mainly as a result of um, some really powerful plant medicine experiences, some psychedelic plant medicine journeys. And never, ever had I felt so connected to nature after coming out of um, that experience and saw nature through an entirely different lens. It, it, it felt like my eyes were opened for the very first time to everything that was around me and how beautiful it was and how much wisdom it held and how incredible it was that everything is just working perfectly and is so sufficient and holds so much intention and wisdom and going through these seasons that everything has a purpose and that it is all good, um, every part of it. And trying to think like, well, this is how we're meant to be as well. Like how to kind of showing curiosity, how do we use nature as our example how do we follow suit? And it's so funny that we would have to even ask ourselves that question because from the beginning of human existence, we just did. It's only in the last few hundred years with the advances in our technology that we never stop to think like, oh, wait, but what would be the downside of, 
of actually this technology? Um, what are the pitfalls of this? What are some of the things that we need to make sure to preserve about the way that we have been living, like still be, still make progress, but there's a lot of value to asking ourselves, but what do we need to conserve and protect? And I'm not just talking about protecting the earth. I'm talking about conserving and protecting the way that we interact with it. Like literally like on a day-to-day basis, how much light we're getting, how much time we're spending outside, like things like this. And so without intentionally um, dissenting or doing something different or what might seem kind of weird or woo-woo nowadays. Again, so strange that it's considered that. Um, But, you know, to you would be called kind of like a a nature lover or a nature junkie or like a tree hugger or just whatever um, to just simply operate the way that our ancestors have operated for for all of human existence up until, you know, the last probably 100 years, right? Um, We have... um, suffering and disease as a direct result of divorcing ourselves from nature. And there are literal like biological and physiological roots to the disease and the suffering that we're experiencing mainly today. Um, Mental health issues, um, metabolic health issues, um, just hormonal dysfunction, um, you know, so many things that if we were to come back into alignment with nature getting adequate sunlight, eating ancestrally, eating local foods, uh, avoiding eating processed foods, avoiding eating these seed oils, like avoiding, um, you know, the EMF exposure and all of this, you know, non-natural blue light, uh, staying up all hours of the night and eating at night and working at night instead of actually following a natural circadian rhythm. Like if we were to come back into alignment with that, it would heal a lot of the things that we are, you know, suffering with as a society and just treating with pharmaceuticals and refusing to make any kind of lifestyle adjustments to do. And these are just really, really simple things and they're free. And not only, you know, are they simple and free and, um, you know, they're accessible to absolutely everyone, but they're fun. They actually bring more pleasure back into your life and it doesn't have to be something that you slave over. I'm not talking going to the gym and working out hardcore for an hour every day. Like it, there's no suffering involved in this. It's <laughs> it's easy and it's fun and it's natural to get out into nature and reconnect with the rhythms of nature. For just for example, we have winter coming up. You know, we're heading into fall and, you know, winter and we're getting these um, longer nights and shorter days and this is a time when our bodies are naturally meant to heal and repair in the winter, but instead we find ourselves getting the sickest during the winter, right? But if you look at any other mammal (laughs) and, you know, humans are are mammals, right? If we were to follow that pattern, it would mean actually, you know, working less, going to bed earlier, actually allowing our bodies to repair and to heal and to produce extra uh, melatonin at this time of the year, which is so important for our bodies. And even our bodies are naturally meant to release excess weight in the winter. And yet, you know, it's so ass backwards in our society. We think that spring and summer is the time to be in, uh, you know, your peak, you know, slimness, right? Um, We think like, oh, it's bikini season, season, it's bathing suit season. So, you know, I need to be at my slimmest in the summer. And then in the winter, we're totally okay with packing on the extra 10 pounds because of comfort food. And we're covering up with like heavy sweaters and everything. And we just treat that as normal. But in actuality, that is backwards, if you look at any other mammal, they would probably be, um, you know, heavier in the summer and then the slimmest in the winter. 
And for the last couple of years, I've actually found that to be the case for myself. I tend to weigh about five pounds more um, naturally in the summer, and uh, I, I am my lowest weight in the winter. And why is that? Well, it's because there's I'm not eating as much um, high carbohydrate food, specifically fruit. And not, I'm not demonizing fruit. There are some fruits like I'm still eating like you know apples and pears this time of year, some raspberries. What I do, <laughs> little interjection here, is I look up because I live in the state of Virginia. So I look up what is naturally in season right now in the state of Virginia, and there's probably one for your state as well. And it shows this beautiful little chart and all of these different you know categories of produce um, along the horizontal axis, along the vertical axis, is each month of the year. And so I just like find the little box that represents the cross over between, you know, this food and the month of October, which we're in right now. And so I'm only eating foods that are in season for the month of October. And now I'm not eating things like watermelon and cantaloupe and things like that, that I eat in the summer. Um, and I'm focusing more on apples and sweet potatoes and some grapes and raspberries, but those things are even about to fall off, um, you know, as we head towards December. So because of these things, if we're eating things that are naturally in season, you got to figure you're eating more sugar just naturally, even fructose, in the spring and the summer when it's actually available. And so not that there's anything wrong with, I don't feel bad about putting on the extra five pounds. I'm enjoying my life. I'm eating things that are in season. I'm getting tons of antioxidants from it and enjoying my life, right? Um and so I stopped pathologizing that there was, <laughs> I stopped making it mean anything wrong that I weighed five pounds more in the summer than I do in the winter. And I'm just like, oh yeah, that's natural. That's normal. If I look at, you know, nature as my example, then it completely removes any problem with it whatsoever. So that's just, you know, one example of the ways that um, we come out of alignment with nature. <laughs> and, you know, here we are, we're meant to be getting, um, of course, we're getting less sunlight as we're heading into the fall and into the winter. But what do we do is we um, still stay up the same amount of hours and we're exposing ourselves to unnatural light. So a lot more blue light. And as a result, you know, things like that are taking a toll on our physical health. Um, we're getting sicker in the winter because of things like, you know, just continuing to eat foods that are out of season, as though as though the seasons, as though it can't touch us, as though nature can't touch us, nature can't affect us. It shouldn't have to impede anything different about our lives. We can just continue to operate in the exact same way, no matter what season of the year it is. And when we do that, we do actually suffer for it, but we don't make those connections. We... If you're suffering with anything, you probably are not at all thinking, oh, I wonder if it's because of sunlight. Like, no, not at all. Like, and I never did either until I started kind of getting into um, just nerding out about how <laughs> we're meant to be so aligned with nature. And I'm going to do a whole other episode on this, but understanding what what the heck quantum biology is. And I'm going to do an episode, like an introduction of what that means. Um, but things like this, like I've been focused on nutrition so much for the last six years, and that's been so, so helpful. But just thinking about other things that impact us, like light and sound and electricity and electromagnetic fields and all of these things, like we are a living system. And these things are also impacted by um, by these things. So yeah. So that's what, what I mean when I say like connecting with nature. Um, I like to definitely, you know, it sounds woo woo, right. But I like to make those scientific connections for myself and for others, <laughs> because believe me, like I am naturally a skeptic, right. My husband is very much a skeptic. And so when I start <laughs> wearing something like blue light blocking glasses at night, like I like to be able to tell him like the science behind it, right. If I'm, you know, making sure to intentionally put my bare feet on the earth every single day, like 
uh, you know, he might just roll his eyes or I might've done that in the past. But now that I understand, you know, the actual mechanisms that are helping here, I'm, when I'm convinced of something, I'm unstoppable, right? And I believe that most of us are that way. And so I love to take a lot of time to actually help people understand the science behind things. But when I say connecting to nature or coming home to the wisdom of nature to create a life that you actually like, it has so much to do with your physical health. And I really believe that we are impeded so much from accessing these higher levels of meeting our, our needs. Um, for years, I've been using this tool called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. I learned about it when I was in high school in my very first psychology class and loved it from the moment I interacted with it. Um, but you can Google that, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, or just type in pyramid of human needs, right? And so you're going to see um, a pyramid shape and that the very bottom level are our physiological needs. And, you know, food, water, temperature regulation, light, like sleep, all of these things are like fundamental human needs. And then as we move up the pyramid, you see things like safety and security, love and belonging, finding a sense of um, self-esteem and meaning and mastery over things in your life. And then all the way at the top, it's like, you know, transcending transcending and meeting your your life's purpose, right? Like spiritual connection, right? So this is like at the very top of the pyramid. And so I've been talking about this for years, but you know, here we are just um, focusing so much on self-care as these higher level needs, right? Like I want to feel more confident and more self-esteem. So I'm going to practice my affirmations, but <laughs> my sleep sucks. I'm never getting outside in natural light. Um, you know, my eating is, could definitely be better, you know, all sorts of things. We're just neglecting the most fundamental human needs and pursuing these higher level needs. And so not to say, you know, don't pursue the higher level needs at all until you get the lower ones dialed in, but it really makes a big difference in our ability, I think, to actually feel those things, like to feel confidence, to feel esteem, to feel mastery over things. How are you going to do that when your attention span is impeded or um, your discipline, like literally your ability to stay focused on a task, to stay motivated to do something that you said you were going to do, to prioritize your future self above your current self is being impeded by a lack of sleep from the night before, right? Like it literally makes it very difficult for you to meet some of those higher level needs because we're disconnected from meeting the lower level needs, which is all about literally our connection to nature, recognizing that we are, yes, we are a spiritual being in a physical body, but our physical body is not less important than our spiritual nature. And I was taught that my my entire life. And so anyone, I think, growing up in like a Judeo-Christian worldview where we believe that there is this separation between our humanity and our spirituality, it just kind of naturally flows then that we look at the human body as less important. Like I literally, like when I was growing up, I would just hear people say things like, oh, this is just my earth suit. Doesn't matter if I'm overweight. Doesn't matter. You know, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> like, and people say it as like this joke or like this way to kind of like, I don't know, numb out probably from the fact that they truly do feel dissonance inside of themselves and they're just justifying it. Right. But I heard that all the time. So we kind of look at our bodies as, you know, just temporary, but Oh, man, our bodies are just as eternal if you think about it. Because even though this this physical matter that is, you know, part of your body right now, right? Your your soul or your spirit or whatever you believe in is currently inhabiting this, you know, field of matter particles, right? And someday, yes, 
there will be some, your soul will, will leave, will go, whatever it is that you believe in, right? And this physical matter will no longer, longer be, you know, inhabited. Your spirit won't, will no longer be inhabiting these, this specific matter, right? But it will go somewhere. A plant will, you know, become <laughs> in existence because of your body. An animal, uh, you know, your, the fungus will take over your body as you're buried or you're cremated or just whatever, like your matter, it, it never ceases to exist right? Matter exists forever and ever. It just changes form, right? It's just as important. It's just as sacred. It's just as eternal. And so honoring the fact that you are a physical body and is just as important as you being a spiritual being. So to take care of your physical body, it is, it is spiritual. It is everything. So when I say um, connecting with nature, coming home to the wisdom of nature, like here are just a couple of examples of what I mean. And these are the things that I help my clients to do. So connecting to the earth, uh, connecting to the sun and connecting to the moon. Um, and of course, there's so much more to it than this, but I'm just giving you just a few examples to kind of, you know, explain like, okay, but what, how, and, and why, you know, what, are, what on earth are we talking about here? So connecting to the earth through grounding, literally through putting your skin, uh, skin to skin contact with the earth, right? And so this is so important because we are electrical beings and we operate off of a DC current and everything around us, like all of the technology around us uh, works off of an AC current. And so we connect with the earth, which also operates off of a DC current. And we literally get recharged. We pick up electrons from the earth and it heals our body. It balances our pH. It reduces inflammation. It literally energizes every cell in our body to connect skin skin contact with the earth. And this can be through your feet. This can be through your hands, touching leaves. You know, I know in the winter, it's kind of, you know, d- more difficult, like, okay, but there's frost on the ground. There's snow on the ground. Okay. Touch it, touch um, some leaves, touch some bushes, like totally can do that. And it's so important to do that. Um, even for just like literally one minute, like it happens instantaneously. It's so powerful and incredible and beautiful that it happens instantaneously. So yeah, spend spend five minutes doing it if you can, but even if you can literally just on the way, walking to your car, brush your hand against the, the bushes, like do that and it will make a difference. Um, eating nutrient-dense foods, um, ideally that are locally sourced and in season. So, and just eliminating, you know, not even, you don't even have to eliminate, like use an approach goal instead of an avoid goal, but just making sure to ask yourself like, okay, am I eating food from the earth, right? How many of us can go through like a whole day or or even a week without eating anything from the earth? Like a lot of people do that, just eat packaged things, packaged things, packaged things because it's so convenient. Um, and especially, you know, if you're single, I'm sure that, that <laughs> that's true. I know like, um, you know, I tended to do that when, when I was single and not really cooking for a family or anything. Like I'm just eating like packaged stuff all the time, like, or I'm going for fast food or whatever um, because it's just me. So yeah, but eating, eating actual nutrient dense foods, um, meat or plants, right? Like if it came from the earth or, you know, was alive on the earth, just like you, like, then this is a nutrient dense food that your body has evolved to be able to process and to actually absorb the nutrients from these foods. And there's nothing bad for it. Any, uh, there's nothing bad for you in it. 
right? And so, you know, I'm not going to go down the, the rabbit hole today about, you know, carbohydrates and um, insulin resistance in your body's, you know, carbohydrate level, but because there are certainly some foods that are higher in, in carbohydrates, but even if you didn't even pay attention to carbs at all, and you just focused on eating whole foods and eliminating things that are processed come from a bag or, you know, is seed oils that was made in a, in a factory. Like if you just did that, man, your health would transform a hundred percent. You'd feel so different and feel so much more energized. So connecting to the earth through grounding, um, connecting to the earth through actually eating foods, you know, from the earth, nutrient dense foods. Um, and again, you know, if, if possible to do locally sourced, that's even more, more important because it's getting the same light atmosphere. (laughs) The, The food was grown in the same light atmosphere where you live, right? So if you're eating like a banana that was grown in Costa Rica in January in Maine, like you are, are putting, um, a light signal literally into your body. The, the light that that food was grown in, um, stays inside of that food and is transported hundreds of thousands of miles. And now you're consuming it. And so what does that do? Well, it literally sends a signal to your body about what time of the year it is and where you are. I know that that sounds wild, but it it absolutely is true. And so if you're sending those kind of mixed messages, your body and your hormones uh, doesn't doesn't know how to operate properly about like, okay, well, what time of the year is it and what should I be doing right now to best serve this human body, right? It's messing up literally the nature, the natural signals that are just meant to be happening. It's interfering with it. So I'm trying more and more to only eat locally sourced and foods that are in season. And honestly, it's, it's not that hard to do. Um, it's an adjustment, but I'm feeling a lot better and really kind of enjoying it because it switches things up constantly, right? It's kind of fun. Um, really all that you would need to do would be to go to a farmer's market. Um, but even if you can't do that, you can look it up online and just shop your grocery store as usual, just using a list of foods, um, based off of your state or wherever you live in the world. Um, so another thing to connect with the earth is learning, um, body techniques to regulate your nervous system. And so remembering that our bodies are the earth. We are matter. We are, <laughs> we are made of water and, you know, all the same, um, our bodies are made of the same kind of cells, um, as the rest of the physical world. And so we have a nervous system just like every animal has a nervous system, right? And so we tend to operate so much more in our minds and in our spiritual nature as humans, right? We tend to believe like this is what separates us from the rest of nature. And, and it is, it definitely is. Um, but we are still part of nature. And so kind of operating at that lowest common denominator level of, okay, I am a body, I am a mammal, and I have this nervous system that I cannot override. Like, remember going back to that larger, you know, definition of nature, like everything about physical life that is not controlled by man. Like you have this autonomic nervous system. And what that means is that there are things that are happening in your body that you have, you know, you can't just at will tell your nervous system, <laughs> okay, calm down now, go back into tolerance now. Like you cannot just at will raise or lower your heart rate, raise or lower your um, body temperature, your blood pressure, right? Wouldn't that be incredible if we could? But we cannot just at will, you know, demand that of ourselves. We can influence it, 
by coming back into alignment, right? And so learning some of these body techniques, the ways that we can actually influence to regulate our nervous system is so important for us to be able to uh, come back into alignment with our nature. That's how, that's what we're wired to do. We are wired to definitely get dysregulated for like an acute period of time to respond for one of those states of your nervous system, like fight, flight, freeze, right? Um, But we are in our modern lifestyles living in, we're chronically stuck in flight, flight, fight, or freeze or fawn, which is a new one, like people pleasing, right? Um, But we are constantly in these states instead of more often than not being in a regulated rest and digest nervous system state. And you better believe that this definitely impacts, um, it limits you. It limits you in your ability to live out your purpose and actually enjoy your life. You are not liking your life when you are in an activated nervous system state. You are in survival mode. You are not in joy, pleasure mode by any means. It's literally impossible to, <laughs> I would say, to like your life, to truly like your life, to be present. All of the qualities that are necessary for you to experience joy are impossible when you are in a dysregulated nervous system state. And so learning these body techniques to regulate your nervous system is part of connecting with nature, connecting with the system of of existence, of human existence, the arrangement and the forces and the events of your physical body that you do not have direct control over. That is part of nature. And coming back into alignment with that is so important. So that's uh, connecting to the earth and connecting with the sun through aligning your circadian rhythms to natural light and your circannual rhythm um, with the current season of the year. So this is so important, just understanding the value and the importance of light, uh, seeing the sunrise, (laughs) getting outside uh, when it's solar noon, which is when the sun is at its peak during the day, and then sunset. Our ancestors, since the beginning of human existence, would have been experiencing these things. And this input from the light um, tells our circadian rhythm, which is our inner biological clock in our brain that knows what time of the day it is, that knows what time of the year it is, and tells our body to function differently, to be in alignment with nature. And if we are not getting these signals from our outer environment, then our circadian rhythm gets thrown off. And the natural consequence of that is disease. And so again, a lot of our modern day, um, you know, diseases and health issues are coming from being disconnected from natural light. A lot of, especially like we can see this perfectly just when you study workers who work overnights. And so they have such a higher propensity for so many issues, right? It's basically the most terrible thing you could do for your health, honestly, is to stay up all night and then sleep during the day, to be literally opposite alignment with a natural circadian rhythm, right? And so of course, you know, we can see all of those studies and everything, but, you know, apart from that literal, like opposing uh, view, so many of us are still out of alignment with circadian rhythm because, you know, <laughs> essentially what we would do, what our, what our um, ancestors would have always done is we would get all of our work done and all of our eating done when the sun is up and when the sun is out. Like, yeah, we might be like socializing by the campfire or whatever um, after the sun goes down, certainly, but that kind of light 
is there's no blue light in a campfire light or in candlelight. Blue light comes from the sun. And so the same blue light that we have in our TV screens and in um, the light bulbs in our homes and in our cell phones, like it's mimicking the sun. And so we are sending to our brains the signal that it is still the middle of the day every time that you are looking at that cell phone, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, 12, 1, 2, like however late that it is that you're staying up, it is totally messing up your circadian rhythm. And there are some really simple ways to get around it. Honestly, all you have to do is get a good pair of blue light blocking glasses. And I'm not talking about, you know, the ones that are available everywhere for like six to $10. Um, at, after sunset, you want to be wearing a pair of at least orange, um, orange colored lenses to block blue light um, or red. Um, so I bought a really good quality pair of red blue light blockers. Um, and I just put them on as soon as, you know, sunset hits and I tend to go to sleep early anyway, but it, it will make you tired. The red kind will, um, because it just mimics like that, that campfire glow. And so I wear that, um, as soon as sunsets. And then when I first wake up in the morning, because it is before the sun, I tend to wake up at like five 30 right now, sunrises at seven. Um, and so I'll wear that, um, up until the time that I'm actually going to, um, you know, go outside for my walk. I try to time going outside for my walk as close as possible to sunrise. But, you know, even if that's not possible, you can, you know, just wear your orange, orange, um, blue light blockers, same thing. Um, also I just got some, you know, amber colored light bulbs and it has this really nice orange glow. I put those in all of our lamps, our living room lamps, our bedroom lamps, the bedroom lamps in my daughter's room. Um, and I put (laughs) a red light bulb in my, um, in my bathroom. So we have like the vanity lights and then we have like the overhead light. And so my husband was like, you know, I'm I'm like, Hey, here's my problem. So I can't wear my like red light, uh, red, um, blue light blocker glasses while I'm in the shower, you know, like, and so he compromised with me because he thinks it's weird. He's not quite, you know, there yet, but he's like, how about the overhead light? We'll make it a red light bulb. And then the vanity will still be normal. And I'm like, great. You know, so like just little things, like most of the time during the day, I'm just turning on the vanity lights, you know? Um, and then, when I'm taking a shower first thing in the morning, the red overhead light is on so that, you know, I solved my problem. So, and all of these things are like, you know, these light bulbs are like, I don't know, 10 bucks. So there's ways to, um, really, really easy ways to just kind of come back into alignment with some of these things. And they don't have to be expensive. They're very accessible. Um, the circannual rhythms with the current season of the year is, yeah, just paying attention to okay, well, what time of the year it is? And so therefore, what time does the sun rise? What time does the sun set? How can I make sure that I get at least, you know, five minutes of just direct, you know, sunlight in my eyes? Don't wear, um, don't wear sunglasses. It's really important that you get that light directly into your eyes. You can even do it while you're driving to work, like roll the windows down just a little bit. Um, and probably going to help you with the temperature regulation too, but even just the, the glass, you know, from a window in your house or from your car windows, it's, it's blocking some of that UV spectrum light. So it's really important, um, that you get it directly into your eyes, but yeah, just crack the windows, make sure that it's at the level of your eyes and, you know, making sure to get, to get sunlight in. Um, the circannual rhythm is also related to food. So again, like what time of the year it is, what foods are in season. Um, and then also kind of like, uh, just aligning your your energy and your behavior um, to that season of the year. And so 
you know, ancestrally, we probably would be doing a lot more physical activity in the spring and the summer, right? And then in the winter, we are going to be doing less physical activity. It doesn't mean zero physical activity. Like I'm always like outside walking no matter what time of the year it is. But if you are a person that really likes to do intense workouts, it's just something to think about. Like historically, we probably wouldn't have been doing something like that. So timing, uh, adjusting your workouts to the time of the year. Um, I also like to just think about it energetically from the types of activities that I'm doing. Um, am I doing any kind of like intense, you know, um, projects or work in my business? Um, maybe not. Maybe I'm going to give myself a little bit of a hibernation period. It kind of depends on on you and how you want to apply that to your life. Um, but uh, another tool that I really love to use is called the Wheel of the Year. And the Wheel of the Year is essentially um, a tradition that shows up in all sorts of cultures throughout history. Um, you'll see it in Native American culture. Um, the one that I kind of relate more to, and I mentioned this on a previous episode, is like kind of from the Celtic Christian tradition with the Wheel of the Year. But essentially, it's figuring out like the different solstices and equinoxes. So there's four of those per year, and then they're midpoints. So for a total of eight um, kind of Earth-based holidays of the year and celebrating those, right? So um there's just different fun little ways to do it, to recognize it, to mark the season. There's certain foods that you can eat, certain activities that you can do um, with the people that you love. And the thing that I love the most is kind of the the mindset prompts of just thinking symbolically about what is nature doing at this time of the year? Okay, it's fall. Um, nature is starting to shed, right? We're just, we're just celebrating the harvest. What am I thankful for? What are all the things that I um, you know, my blessings, the things that I created in my life that I, that I harvested, that I'm reaping and enjoying the fruits of right now in my life. And also just recognizing we're heading into a period of darkness. We're heading into a period of healing um, and repair and death. Literally like nature, part of nature is dying and it's going to be reborn. Uh, what things in my life, you know, maybe need to go through that kind of a transformation right now. What do I need to prune from my life? Habits, relationships, um, attitudes, beliefs, uh, anything, boundaries, anything like that. What kind of needs to be adjusted? Um, is there anything in my life that needs to uh, die for a season and see if it, if it wants to be reborn later, right? So just thinking about these types of things, depending upon what season of the year it is, are things that our ancestors have always done. And it's really beautiful to come into alignment with that. Connecting with the moon through aligning your menstrual cycle or your feminine energy with your feelings, your intuition, your nutrition, and your action plans. So whether you are a person who is menstruating or not, uh, for whatever reason, um, you can still practice aligning your feminine energy. And even if you're a man, you have feminine energy. We all have a balance of feminine and masculine energy um, by paying attention to the moon cycles. And so, yeah, definitely our ancestors would have, you know, taken into account different activities based off of the moon cycle. Literally nighttime activities would change based off of how light it is at night. On the new moon, it's going to be way more dark than it is going to be on the full moon. Um, but also just this understanding that your feelings are very in tune with the moon, um, especially if you are a cycling woman, um, your intuition is being affected. You can plan your nutrition dif differently depending upon what stage you are in your menstrual cycle because your body is processing food differently because your hormones are fluctuating and all of that interacts. Your sex hormones are interacting with the hormones that are necessary for digestion. And so that's that's a very real thing. And so, you know, things like carb cycling, carb timing, all of that um, is something to pay attention to. And when you come into alignment with that, it feels really, really good. And even your action plans, right? So 
you know, when you're ovulating, you feel like so high energy and you feel like being around people a lot more. So I have way more social plans and uh, work projects and things like that, recording podcasts when I am ovulating. And then, you know, when I am kind of more turning inward, um, as I get closer to my bleed, um, I'm not planning things like that, but a superpower for that season is like basically cleaning a bunch of shit up. Like you, (laughs) you know, we kind of joke around about PMS. Like we literally see all the shit that's wrong with everything. Like that is a superpower. And so doing something about it and like balancing your books and, you know, arranging your home and, you know, decluttering and uh, decluttering your schedule, like just all of the things that you tend to notice, like, okay, this is a problem and you actually have the capacity to do something with it Um, or to plan it for when you have more energy, but you're noticing it and you're scheduling it, right? So just things like these are the ways that we come back into alignment with nature. And it's so sad that we're so disconnected from these rhythms and that the only time that we really kind of come back into alignment with these rhythms is when we're on vacation, right? We love it so much like being on holiday because we're actually, you know, out in nature more, we're out in the sunlight more, um, and we're feeling so good. Um, and the, the truth of the matter is that we can do it all year. We don't have to, you know, deprive ourselves the whole year round and then only have like one or two weeks where we actually are enjoying the benefits of these things. And there's something to be said for this idea of going against the grain. Um, and when you go against the grain of like what the dominant culture is doing, it reminds you of your own sovereignty, And your sovereignty is essentially to do what pleases you, to decide, to act, to do something different. And it doesn't have to be huge. It's just different than what you've been doing. And it reminds you of your empowerment. It's a feeling of coming home to your truth. And you can really feel the collective wisdom of it in your body and in your bones that, wow, how incredible it is that nature functions perfectly as long as we don't interfere with it. And the same is true of our bodies falling in alignment with nature, that our bodies function perfectly as long as we don't interfere with it. And so whatever kind of problems or discomfort or misalignments that you feel like you're experiencing in your physical body, like I fully believe that our bodies are self-healing. And But in order to self-heal, we need to be connected to the resource of nature, that we are meant to be in this symbiotic relationship with it. We are meant to be in sacred reciprocity with nature. And whether it's something like weight loss or whether it's something like depression or whether it's something like autoimmune issues or whatever it might be, that we cannot underestimate how powerful it is to come back into alignment with nature. It works. And I'm not saying it's the only thing that we need, but it is absolutely the first intervention that I would recommend taking before, you know, getting on pharmaceuticals or whatever it might be, no shame if you already are, um, add this to, to the, to what you're already doing, right? I'm not saying like, okay, stop taking your meds and just like (laughs) get outside. I'm not saying that, but start to add this to it and see how incredible you feel. And you might actually be able to, uh, wean yourself off of it. Right. Um, my husband, you know, he was just on antidepressants for, probably the last three years, um, started during COVID and he was actually able to just start to wean himself off of it. Um, just by implementing some of these, some of these things, you know, that I've been gently (laughs) talking to him about throughout the past couple of years, but man, um, I started taking a daily walk outdoors, uh, in October of 2019, 
And so here we are, this will be year four, that every single day I take a walk outside. Um, and it just started as a 30-minute walk every single day outside. And it wasn't at sun, sunrise or any specific timing or whatever. And I wasn't doing it to get into nature. I was just doing it as a form of taking care of myself. Um, I thought, oh, this is helpful because it's regulating my blood sugar more. And it's a way of moving my body that I know I can actually do, right? That was what I was doing it with, uh, the, the mentality I was doing um, it for at the time. I had no idea how much it would make such a big difference with my relationship with sunlight and my relationship with nature, just taking it in, being outdoors, getting that vitamin D. um, It makes such a huge difference. And my mental health drastically changed, drastically changed because of that. And so even something, even if that's just all you can do, right? Like, okay, sure, Jess, I can take a 15 minute walk outside or a 10 minute walk three times a day, you know, um, or even if you can't walk, just sitting outside for a few minutes, three times a day, like that will make such a big difference in your life. So we have gotten through the aspect of nature and it's looking like this is going to be a two-part episode because (laughs) I don't want to go longer than an hour here, but next week we will talk about what it means to come home to the wisdom of intuition to help you create a life that you like and kind of um, similar to what we did today, like talk about, okay, what exactly is intuition? What are we talking about here? Um, How do we get connected with our intuition? Exactly how does that work? Why does it work? How does it help us create a life that we actually like? Um, But to kind of wet your whistle for that episode that'll be coming up, um, I would love to make sure that you know about the free offering that I'm doing right now. It is a free instant download that you can get called a free desire map. And so desire mapping is essentially about identifying your desired feelings instead of just your desired results, right? Like all of us know what our desired result is. I want this number on the scale. I want to make this much money. I want a new relationship. I want, you know, whatever it happens to be, right? Um, and so that's the result, the outer, the outer thing in our world, the, the outer measurable result in our, in, in our outer physical reality that we are wanting, but why do we want that thing? It's because we believe that we will feel our desired feelings when we get to that desired result. And so you think you want that number on the scale, but really you want the confidence and the confident, sorry, the confidence and the energy, right? That comes from that. And so you think you might want a new relationship, but really you're looking for love and belonging. You think you want that number um, salary, but really you're looking for a feeling of safety and security, right? And so when we can actually get to recognizing our desired feelings, I promise you, you can actually feel your desired feelings now. You can feel them every step of the way on the journey to still getting your results. I'm not saying forget the result. Like, yes, still pursue the result, but don't withhold those desired feelings from yourself. Don't fall for the lie that you're not going to have those desired feelings until you reach that number on the scale, which might take you months until you reach that salary, which might take you years, right? Like the truth of the matter is that you can feel your desired feelings right now um, by choosing to, right? By looking for things in your current reality that actually do give you those desired feelings, So we can make a list, right? Like, oh, I want to feel these things. What are things in my life right now that help me to feel these things? I'm still going to pursue this other thing that I really believe is going to amplify my desired feelings. But 
once I know what those desired feelings are, then I can actually choose to come to resonate with them, to tune into where they, where they are already, um, they're already there in my life all the time, as long as I choose to tune into it, right? So if I desire to feel more joy and I believe that um, working in this particular job and getting to do this kind of work is going to give me that joy, right? Absolutely. But every single day I can feel joy when I, you know, listen to my daughter tell me about her day at school or um, laugh with my husband when we watch stand-up comedy together or whatever it might be, right? And so, but the power is knowing that joy is one of my ultimate desired feelings, right? And so now I'm prioritizing that and I'm looking for it every single day in my life and I am feeling it now instead of withholding it from myself because I don't have that particular, you know, desired uh, line of work yet, right? So that's just one example. You can get your hands on this completely free instant download that I created for you called the free desire map by going to bit.ly slash free desire map. And then the link to that is also already in the show notes. So just make sure that you click it there and you'll get it instantaneously. So I also want to let you know about some ways that you can work together with me. I know that I've been referencing um, nutrition a lot in this episode as just one example of a way that we come back into alignment with nature. And I want to let you know that I actually have a nutrition uh, support and mentoring group. It's a private Facebook group that is absolutely all about coming back into alignment with your intuition. It is not subscribing to one specific diet plan. Um, It is really about you defining your own food boundaries instead of following any kind of external authority. But um, just because you might be doing something that is totally unique to you based off of what you know is is right for you, um, it doesn't mean that you have to do it alone. And so you can do it in a community of others that are doing their own thing as well, following their own um, intuition and the wisdom of their past experience, knowing what is working for them. Um, and we're just supporting one another and doing it together. So definitely it vibes with a ancestral way of eating, eating, you know, the way that I've talked about, like, Hey, you know, like, does it come from the earth? And like, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent. Um, but it is, that's the aim. That's the goal is being in alignment with nature and also being in alignment with nature by supporting one another, by being in community, because that's how we are designed as well is to be in community and not to just, um, be the lone wolf, Um, That is definitely (laughs) a um, feature, uh, a praised feature of our modern society that is creating a lot of dysfunction and a lot of also disease, mental health wise, but also in our physical health. So I would love to have you join. You can learn more about that at jess-read slash nutrition. And the link to that is in the show notes as well. And then also I am offering one-on-one client coaching. So I coach really on any aspect of your life that you would like to talk about, right? Because we all have some kind of like outer layer goal that that it is that we want to reach, right? We we kind of talked about that, the desired results. Um, But underneath that, um, we all tend to have kind of the same reasons why we are not actually there yet. And it's because we are out of alignment. We're out of alignment with nature. We're out of alignment with our intuition. And so that's what I love to help all of my clients with, no matter what kind of topic it is in your life that we're coaching around. It is helping you to remember that all parts of you are good. Whatever it is that you are doing that you would consider to be self-sabotage is serving you in some capacity. So we're going to open up our eyes to that. We're going to practice self-awareness. I'm going to give you some great tools that actually help you um, discover your strengths, your values, getting you connected with your resourcing so that you feel empowered and confident 
knowing that you can tackle whatever it is um, that is blocking your way from where you are now to where you want to be. So getting you in touch with your resourcing is part of that self-awareness. It's not just like, oh, the dreaded, you know, all of my shit that I don't want to look at kind of self-awareness. Um, and then moving into self-compassion for some of these things that maybe they are the things that we don't want to look at, right? Like you didn't choose them. That <laughs> You don't wake up one day and say, I want, I want this in my life now. I want addiction in my life now, or I want this, uh, you know, screwed up belief that's holding me back. I want this in my life now. No, like, um, it's a product of your conditioning. And so practicing um, self-compassion as well. And then being able to actually move into release and uh, reception, receiving the new life that you want to create for yourself that you actually like. Um, but first we have to release to make room for that, right? So we're going to compassionately release using your intuition to know whatever the right pace is for you that actually honors your nervous system instead of somebody, you know, telling you, here's the timeline. Why didn't you do X, Y, Z yet? Absolutely not. Um, so I'm here to support you as your coach and your guide and your biggest cheerleader and a mirror for you, showing you your blind spots, which I'm, I'm not saying the horrible blind spots. I'm saying the blind spots of the resourcing that you don't even realize how powerful and incredible you are. So I would love to work with you one-on-one. You can learn more on a completely free curiosity call. Just head on over to my website, jess-read.com. Again, the link is in the show notes and we can set up a time to talk literally within the next week. Like I'm ready for you. I want to talk to you. I'm a real person. You're not going to get patched through a bunch of stuff, um, talking to assistants or AI (laughs) or anything like that. Um, I would love to talk with you and we'll jump on a Zoom. We'll experience each other's energy, get to know each other a little bit better and talk about what it would be like to work together. But whether you choose to move forward or not, I would just love to give you some free encouragement and some free resources. Thank you again so much for tuning in. And I will be back with you um, with a follow-up episode for talking about coming home to the wisdom of your intuition to create a life you actually like. Have a fantastic week, you guys. And remember to grab that freebie in the show notes.